With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sometimes you take a little bite and life goes ahead and gives you a whole pickle slice. Thank you, life. And sometimes you spend $5 or more and the McDonald's app gives you 20% off the whole order. That means you can get a McCrispy and a quarter pounder with cheese and a new lemonade and still save. Thank you, McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. It is a long time between coffees, but Rich has just been and he's gone and got his coffee. And, you know, if there's one thing us English like to do, it's complain. And we've been (laughs) spoiled this summer for four test matches of absolute brilliance, of Basball, of McCullum and Stokes and all the good things that's gone with it. And now we've got to kind of coming back down to ground and actually analysing how good is this England cricket team. It's good to be back. I'm Rob. This is Rich. Welcome to the podcast. We're back. We're back, Rob. We're back. Rob is alive. That's a good thing. That's one of the positives we're going to take into this podcast. Take your wins. We've missed you, Rob. We've missed you. I tried to do a couple on my own. And then when it realised Rob was going to be out for a little bit longer, we thought we'll just put a pin in it. Um, there was no real Red Bull cricket anyway, was there? The, 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 uh, the MCC, the powers that be, the ECB, they don't care about Red Bull cricket, it seems. We're in August now. It's White Ball Fest, isn't it? It is. So, uh, so, so uh, we missed a lot. But in some ways, did we miss anything? Yeah, we probably did, actually. But it's, it is great to be back, Rob, and I'm glad you're doing pretty well, mate. Thanks, mate. Good to be back. Good to be back. So there's like plenty forest. going on, Rich. Um, before we get into England, and then we've got a whole host of England conversations, there's Zach Crawley debate, Alex Lee's debate, Ollie Pope, Ben Folks, uh, Harry Brook, question mark, Stuart Broad, England's number eight. We've got loads to go through, but I want to start with back-to-back performances, Rich. You mm-hmm. went Pfeiffer. Oh, Followed it up. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. Remember, I did yep. that for Heifer, yep. Mr. Orander, and then follows it up the following week with a with a nice 50 as well. It's well living the dream. 75. That's, that's, be, that's be right. You know, that's, that's question marks. Could you bat at eight <laughs> for England? <laughs> no, no, because I came up against someone a slightly quicker than I've spaced all year and I lasted two balls. So it's like <laughs> when you used to bowl at me, you just it tried to throat me. 
and I gloved <laughs> off to the keeper yesterday. So yeah, I know my level now. I am a I'm a veteran happily playing second team cricket. That's where I perform. Not like that first team stuff yesterday. Nice, so. nice. So um kicking into England, it's nice to have a little bit of red ball cricket going on because it is a, it is, a white ball heavy month and mm. you know foreseeing into the future and the changes that are being made the ashes is coming in july not just because of the hundred but no. in parallel it works really nice for the ecb so it, it, it is nice to have that block to kind of finish your summer months with a bit of red ball cricket mm. yeah yeah i, I mean I, this we knew from the start that this uh, schedule was a shambles it's proven that the Royal London is obviously kicked to the back again, isn't it? The hundred is there. The hundred, yay! The hundred as, as an event, the cricket is not too bad. It's just the fact that they're prioritising it over absolutely everything else is what sticks in the uh, sticks in the throat, isn't it? So, what's going to happen? Andrew Strauss is still fiddling around. There's even talk about potentially a new Red Bull competition next year. Lord knows what's going on. It seems like I, I, I'm starting to wonder whether Andrew Strauss wants to absolutely destroy county cricket. Uh, rather than help it. He's going to be one of those. It's going to be a bit like, um, I, I was going to use a Brexit comparison, but that's a dreadful idea, isn't it? But just somebody, somebody wanting to come up with an idea that might help, and in the end, it absolutely destroys the world. Bit of a yeah. bit of a Marvel sort of uh, theme, isn't it? You know, <laughs> so, so, for the right in, intention. In this, in this oh, lineage no. of the universe, it's all going <laughs> yeah. wrong. <laughs> exactly. So it, the, little tinkers around the edge is probably a hell of a lot better than massive wholesale competition yeah. changes. And there is that whole hundred conversation that needs to be had, but we are not having that today. Off season will be when we're having that, Rob. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, test match. We're back to test match cricket, aren't we? And that's that that's a comforting feeling. And I think we're all happy about that. However, I, I absolutely love enough, it. It always yeah. a test match always kicks off about ten pm out here, unless there's right. been rain the day before. So it's kind mm. of like that. Oh, lady, I'll just stay up for a couple yeah. of hours. I'll just do a couple of hours mm. and watch it. And then I fall to sleep about midnight and then I wake up at six or whenever the kid's up. And I feel like I've not been asleep because I feel yeah. like I've dreamt about the game going on. And when I wake up, I wake up in this nightmare that England's been rolled and we've gone <laughs> back six months, mate. And I, <laughs> I think well, I'm still the, living the dream. That's the thing, isn't it? That's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, basically, we're happy it's back. And then two and a half days later, we're like, ah. Oh, Oh, man, yeah. But we've been a little bit spoiled, haven't we? The biggest difference so far in this series, well, there's two big differences, isn't there, really? We had three games against New Zealand, one against India. Yes, there was a bit of pace there, the bummers of this world and the yeah. bolt, etc. But there was no real absolute gas, was it, coming at you all yeah. from all angles? And that's what South Africa have brought in this game. But also the big difference is that England had to set. Um, South Africa, I, I assume, won the toss. England yes. have been chasing all summer in Test Match cricket from the first ball to the last ball. We've been chasing uh, where we are, uh, allowing the other team to set the tempo for the game. And South Africa put us in and suddenly we were a little bit more unsure of what to do. Um, you know, by now, let's, let's, you know, South Africa won by an innings and 12 runs. If you're living under a rock, didn't realise what the score was. That's what it was. Two and a half day defeat for England, two and a half day amazing victory for a very, very impressive and yeah, positive South team. African team. However, I, I think England may... We've missed a few tricks, haven't we? Let's be honest. So let's get stuck into it, Rob. What happened? Um, we won't go through the scorecards. Obviously, everyone can see a scorecard. Um, I think we need what we need to look at is South Africa's performance first. Yeah. They were magnificent. I'm going to doff my cap to South Africa, Rob. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's South the Africa. Cap. If you're listening on the podcast, the Rich has got a... South African hat. Ooh. And is it from the 2003 World Cup? This cap is 19 years old, five months and 20-something days old. 
Um, yeah, if you've ever played a game of cricket against Newark, you've probably seen some idiot wearing this cap. Uh, it's older than at least three members of the first team dressing room uh, at my club. <laughs> that's uh, that's in good nick for 19 it's years. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Look, it's coming apart a little bit. But uh, but yeah, that's a little treat uh, for those on video. But also for Rob, because uh, yeah, I think nostalgia. you were one of you were one of my allies in this cap. There are a lot of people that like to see this burnt. Um, so uh, I, I should thank Rob, my teammate yesterday, another Rob who actually brought it because I left it in the dressing room. So, oh, nice. Nearly, nearly lost it. But yeah, I, I have a South Africa cap. cap. I wear a South Africa cap every game of cricket I play. Um, so with genuine honesty, this was an amazing performance from South Africa. <laughs> Kigiso Rabada, Rob, let's get into it. Kigiso Rabada is one of the finest cricketers that's, I just, I was nearly said that's ever done it. And by the end of his career, I think we might be saying that. Five yeah. for 52 off 19. He took the first top three, didn't he? Alex Lees and Crawley early. And then he came back for Ollie Pope, who was the only man in that first inning that did anything. I thought Lungan Gidi looked, I said on, the, on Twitter, he, he's got such a strong action. He only bowled five overs, 12 uh, without wicket, which is very unfortunate. And young Marco Janssen, probably the first time a lot of people have seen him in England. Two for 30 off eight. Six foot eight, Rob. Whew. He's like yeah, a very that's, that's narrow tremlet. Yeah, very narrow Chris Tremlett and left armour. So quite narrow. In a narrow Chris Tremlett. <laughs> you could get, I think there are three Marco Janssens to one Chris Tremlett. Uh, I think that's how we can do it. Um, and Andrej Nakia, but we prefer calling him naughty. Yeah. Because uh, he was, again, naughty yeah. in this innings, wasn't yeah. he? Three for 63 off 13 for him. And he brought some serious wheels into this game. The fearsome foursome. Uh, whatever we want to call them, but that is one hell of a bowling attack, Rob. It might be up there as being the best bowling attack in the world, actually, at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. They are just incredible. Rabada went to 250 wickets in this test match, and he's the second fastest man in terms of mm. balls bowled to get to that stage, only behind Dale Stain. So that's the sort of um esteem and, and shoulder rubbing that he's doing and mm. his strike rate overall in test cricket is absolutely phenomenal like jimmy takes a wicket every i'm making numbers up here but like 56 58 balls mm. his is like 41 and it's it's been good for a long time and during his lean spell it was about 48 49 so it's still way mm. above test match average so he's exceptional they've got uh youth on the side but like you said at the start there's a lot of pace here um throughout and the addition of Marco Janssen, although he's got a very, it's kind of like an awkward kind of shape, but I think it's to do with the size of his limbs and his it's, body just kind yeah. of coiling up. It, it, it doesn't look like he's got much, but he's got a very steady run up. He's got a very steady delivery size. It's all very smooth, but it doesn't look like he's putting a lot into it, but he's pushing it down at good numbers, isn't he? And he's hurrying yeah. people up. And, and what I love about this bowling attack You've got the Rabada and, and Giddy, very, very good, very solid, very strong actions, just nice, just there, mm. hitting it, hitting, hitting those areas. Janssen, then you've got the big, tall guy from the left arm, the different angle, and then you've got Nokia coming in with just some serious wheels, haven't you? It's got variety, and that's something that the England attack has not had for a long time, unless you look at one-day cricket and our variety becomes four left-arm overs instead of four right-arm overs. It, uh, so are you saying that Sorry. the variety is right-arm <laughs> over? It's reverse variety. But also you put Maharaj into that mix as yes. well, who's an yes. exceptional left mm. arm bowler. And I thought they actually used him very cleverly in that second innings for England. Oh, they yeah. bought him on really, really early, got yeah. him in front of Zach Crawley early. Um, and any sort of bowling in front of Zach Crawley early 
is an issue. Is that Crawley? Actually, you know, you're talking T20, you talk matchups and all this sort of thing. Left arm orthodox against Zach Crawley. He's scored 109 runs and been out eight times in test cricket alone. So he averages 13. So that, to me, I look at that and go, they've done their analytical work and they've gone, oh, Zach Crawley, he's not very good against right arm, left arm, but let's try left arm spin this time, see if he's any good again. Oh, no, no, he's, he's struggling against that as well. So just really well-rounded performance. Mm. And, you know, did you enjoy the top of the South African innings when they were batting? You've got Erwi, I'm calling him Erwi, scoring 73. But Dean Elgar, looking... Great. Gritty. Gritty. Really, really gritty. And there was, um, there was a moment in the game where it looked like England might be able to break through, but then you saw Maharaj score 41. You saw Marco Janssen go and score 48. And even even Naughty Naughty Jordan at the end scoring 20-odd. So I it's, I just felt like they were... I know it's a one-test match that you're looking at, them, but I saw them play the Black Caps down here last summer. Uh, I think it finished one apiece in the end. And I came away from that going... Their bowling stack's really good, and the batting's really good as well. Varane, uh, I'm calling him Varane. He might be pronounced differently. Um, oh. Their wicketkeeper, I think he scored a ton when he was down in, against the Black Caps. Mm. So I just, they, they look well-rounded, and they look, England are trying to work their way back up to try and mm. find some sort of peak, but aren't there. Whereas this South African team is a few steps ahead of where England are in trying to, you know, be ready for a World Test Championship or a World Number One slot. Yeah, I mean, this. I think this is where England have missed a trick a little bit, obviously. We, we look at this game and we're thinking, OK, England outplayed. It's the bowling attack of South Africa that's made all the difference. And it's the batting of England that's that's not been up to, to, to it, uh, basically, in this game. But the bowling attack of England should have been able to do more damage, I yes. think, in this attack. Yes, it was great to see old Gritty Elgar at the top, the skipper. Um, that were Without Temba Bavuma, so they had question marks of that middle order. Aidan Markham, the opener, got in ahead, ahead of Kea Zonda. Um, which is a bit of a question, really, um, for South Africa selectors. Maybe that's something that might not... It's one of those things that... There's so much politics around cricket South Africa that perhaps that might just cause an issue in the background. Just putting that out there. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but you're picking the the white opener instead of the uh, the black middle order player. Um, It just becomes a a little bit concerning just (laughs) because we've had those issues in the past with cricket South Africa. So I don't know what's gone on there. Delicate grounds. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not making passing judgment on that. I'm just saying, look out. Potentially, that could be an issue in the future. Markham has even said he will need time if you want him to play in the middle order, but he's been thrown in straight away into the middle order. Yeah. So even himself was saying, look, I don't know if I'm a middle order player. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Markham. He's, I thought he was going to be world world beating opener, but he hasn't quite quite done it yet, has he? But it's great to see. You've got the experience of Erwi at the top of the order of Elgar. Yes, and it, it makes it difficult. Keegan Peterson is not somebody that's going to rip the world light at the moment. Markham there. Rassi van der Dusen is a good player, but again, that's your five. And then you're into a 22-year-old who's only played seven or eight test matches in Marco Janssen. Then you're into the wicketkeeper that's not played many tests. And then you're into your four bowlers. England should have been able to attack this lineup much, much better. The fact that it was 326 and they were able to win by an innings is not good enough from a bowling point of view, in my opinion. Well done, South Africa. I love their positive intent. They were great, aggressive with the ball, and they played positively without being reckless uh, with the batting all the way through. And they really had the, you know, the Dean Elgar gripped all the way down through the through the innings down to number 10 and 11. But that's, for me, where England have really missed a trick. We should not have allowed this batting card 
um, to, to, to win by an innings. It's simple as that. It's, it's not good enough as a batting card to win by an innings in any yeah. game. And they scored at a good lick as well, didn't they? Like yeah. it was over what, three 60s? and a half and over. Yeah. And I know there was runs added towards the end, but I, I, I got to ask, what is the theory or the consistency in approach of when a tail ender comes to the crease that we start banging in it halfway down? Because no, it's, it's it's club cricket, mate. It really is. It's like, yeah. oh, look at me. I'm a quick bowler. I'm going to try and bump everyone out. No, just bowl it at the bottom of his off stump. Bowl yeah. it at the bottom of his middle stump. Clean him up. Yeah. It, it's time and time again, isn't it, with England? I don't understand why we've got this, this idea that we... I mean, it doesn't matter who's in charge, whether it's captain or coach. We still go back to that same theory. It's frustrating. Get it. It's frustrating don't to watch. And I've, I've not understood it. Um, use a short ball as a setup but don't yeah. use it as your tactic because essentially you've got someone who's inept at scoring big runs in test cricket and averages some of these guys down the bottom average six and eight. Mm. And we allowed them to score runs and get in and see the ball. And, you know, just because you're bowling short doesn't mean you're going to get a wicket either. Like top edge for four, top edge for six. You're creating mm. different opportunities for them to score rather than just going, we've got a good attacking field. I'm good enough to bowl you out because yeah, mm. they are good enough to bowl the max. They've managed to bowl out the top six or seven that come before it. So I, I just, mm. I don't get it. I don't like no. it. And it's almost like for us, you remember when Coley got his bowlers to do it to Jimmy and it created mm. a reaction at the England yeah. team and they lost that test match. It might have been the mm. second test match or first test match uh, when India were over here last year. It's almost like since that's happened, we've gone and done mm. it a few times and I don't, we're, I don't. we're not the right team to be doing that. I don't get it. Ball, ball at the stumps. You know, you've got that ball. It becomes a surprise ball. But if you're going to start digging the ball in every single delivery, it's great if nothing is happening against really top quality players. But when you're talking about lower order tail players, have it as a surprise delivery. Get them coming forward and then put the short ball in. That's where you're going to get them in trouble. Not bowling every single ball so they can camp on their back foot. It just does me. So wrapping up South Africa's performance then, second innings, Maharaj, like you say, he came on very, very early, didn't he? Um, was he, did he even, open? no, he, he, yeah, he was quite early in the It was game. like the sixth or seventh minutes. over they bought him in. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, we'll get on to England in a moment, but Crawley, what on earth are you doing sweeping that early in the innings? Goodness me. Um, Ollie Pope as well, straight bat, lad, straight bat. Um, but then Nokia, he was really the guy that just knocked the heart out of this innings, wasn't he? Johnny Bairstow went, Alex Lees went, Folks went second ball. Um, he just ripped that middle order apart. Johnny Bester was not able to have any impact on this game. Um, we knew that he was going to drop off from the ridiculous four, yeah. you know, four test matches he's played so far, or three test matches out of the four, sorry, uh, uh, well, whatever it was. It was going to drop off. But it was just, when you've got a bowler that can come in with that pace and that aggression, and he was so pumped up, um, and rip the middle order. It was just no chance for England. You know, we had the cameo from Broad later on. It was fun, but just an all-round quality, quality bowling display um, from from Rabada and Giddy, Nokia, Janssen, and obviously in the second innings, Maharaj as well. So well-earned win from from South Africa. We cannot complain about that as English fans. It was a joy to watch the way they went about the business. Not going to call it bouch ball. Don't like that. Don't like baz ball. No, don't, don't like anything all in it. It's, it's just cricket and an approach to playing. Don't uh, don't, be a knob, don't don't be a knob about it. There we go. Don't be a knob about it. Yeah, yeah, um, don't be a dick, mate. Are England trying to be too aggressive? Well, apparently, according to Brendan McCullum, they could have been a bit more positive a few times. Um, so no, <laughs> I think it's times you've got to pick when we play this positive, buzzball type cricket. At the top of the order, we need to just settle in. 
It's, you know, if the bowler half volley, make sure you've got the confidence and you've got the back in to hit it. If it's a one down there and you can pull it to the fence, pull it to the fence, cut it, whatever you need to do. But just let's think a little bit more. Let's, let's just dig in a little bit more. We're not asking for Sibley-esque opening. I'm sure some people are, uh, but I don't want to quite swing the, it all the way back to that. Um, but we've got big problems at the top of the order. I like Alex Lees. He was the player that I wanted to see coming over the winter, and he did. He's done okay. I don't know how long he's going to get or how long he should have before he um, before he, the, the opportunity runs out. Played really well at Trent Bridge against New Zealand and done bits and pieces after. Zach Crawley, which you're going to get into in a moment. And Ollie Pope, I think he's a player who batted very well in this one, 73 in the first mm. innings, uh, didn't really trouble in the second innings, five runs. I think he's a player that's going to do enough. Sorry, he's going to have a score often enough just to keep himself in there. And, and McCullum has talked about really wanting that loyalty of selection to create, you know, that tight-knit dressing room. And he seems to suggest as well that being loyal and keeping giving players plenty of opportunities is good for people on the outside looking in because they'll see the loyalty when they finally get their chance. I'm going to just, yeah, I'm not sure about that, I'll be honest, because if I'm looking at people and they've had a million chances and you're mm. sat there scoring a 1,000 runs like Harry Brook is, like one or two others are potentially, then, well, what do I have to do to get my chance? You've got to yeah. pick players at the right time. If you start picking them on the, as they're going down the wrong side of the hill, it's too late. You've got to pick them when they're at their absolute form, aren't you? And at the moment, there are players in this England batting lineup that aren't hitting full form and there are players outside that are. Problem is, they're not openers. Yeah, that is very true. Um, I... I like positivity, and I think you can be. We spoke about it before on the pod. It was quite a while ago, but you can be positive in everything you do, yeah. and the openers can still be positive without being reckless. And I yeah. thought Alex Lee's uh, really looked out his depth against Rabada, and that's n- not a criticism because a lot of people do, mm. but Rabada was just on a different level to what Alex Lee's was, and um, the shot that came from it was almost mm. like. Just, just someone that was wasn't. They were fried. Like they were completely done. No idea what's coming down, and no idea what to do about it. So, what's the approach? Best form of defense is attack. I'm sure they're sort mm. of. They've probably got different ways of saying it. Mm. And it comes out with a drive to something that's, you know, going way over the stumps. Nicks off, and <clears throat> mm. it creates question marks about the about whether that's the mentality for a test match opener for me. Mm-hmm. With Leeds, yeah. um, I don't think it's too early to cut Lee's down yet. I think he's worth more investment as a player. Yeah, um, Crawley, on the other hand, <laughs> I, I saw what McCullum said that you mentioned. I, I read the article saying he could win as Tess. I mm-hmm. completely agree Zach Crawley can win as a Tess match. Zach Crawley isn't the lone responsibility of why we lose a Tess match either. No, but are we going to win more test matches with an opener coming in and finding someone that can average 35 mm-hmm. or bat time or do something or have Zach Crawley who now sits with 18 test matches as an opener, 779 runs, an average of 22.25 as an opener out of everyone that's batted 18 times for England since the start of 2000, that is the worst, which is not great. And then if you look at every single England batsman that's ever batted for England as an opener, there's 61 of them that's played 18 times. His is the third worst in front of two players. It's 
it's it's not sorry that's uh that's overall it's third worst of all time um it's not a good position for Zach Crawley to be in. I don't think he looks good against right arm. I don't think he looks good against left arm. He's got, I spoke about his stats <laughs> against spin. He averages 26 against seam, 23 against spin. Uh, left arm spinners have got him out eight times. Uh, right arm medium bowlers average 19 against him. Like there's nothing there and there's nothing in his first class career. I feel like I'm on repeat from two months ago. Yeah, that yeah. gives me any impression that he should be opening in test match cricket for England. Yeah, and that's the problem, isn't it? I like Zach Crawley as a player. He looks like he should be a player. He's probably a good guy, but I just don't understand how we can be so loyal to, mm. to this guy at this point in time. There is a school of thought that is drop, take him out, let him relax, let him, let him get it, get him, get his game back again, go away, um, and, and maybe make a push for the squad in the, over the winter um, for, for any test cricket that's coming up over there. We're not saying discard Zach Crawley. It's the same as like with an Ollie Pope. It's like he might be a player that's in and out a little bit, like Ian Bell was, and then he finally finds his feet. Johnny Bairstow, let's remember, Johnny Bairstow's been in and out of this team in, in different roles more than we can mention. But you just wonder if the best thing for Zach Crawley soon will be to get him out of the firing line. Um, I think again, so. Yeah, McCullum also added that, you know, Zach's going to win his games, but Zach is going to be one of them players that is inconsistent. He's no wrong, Baz. He is not inconsistent. He is incredibly consistent at the moment. And that is the problem. Um, I don't want to be too harsh, but come on, you know, we need to look at this. But the problem then becomes, and we'll talk about this another day, you know, this is the same squad for two games. Let's, let's just get that out of the yeah. way. We're not going to be discussing replacements. Um, Zach Crawley and Alex Lees are opening the batting at Old Trafford on Wednesday. Simple. But we need to then have that conversation again of who's the option. There are plenty of names we can throw out, but genuinely... Who is the option? Who is going to be the, the one that comes back? Because I don't think we're into next cab off the rank because some of those young players like Haynes and others, mm. injured, not had the best of years, we're going to be looking at a retread, aren't we? Somebody that's already done the job and we're looking at bringing someone back in, whether it's a Jennings, Possibly. whether it's a Burns, whether it's somebody like that. Or do we go completely crazy basketball and give Harry Brook the opening shot? I don't know. I think that'd be no. very unfair. I say no, no to that as well. Definitely but, not uh, against this ball in the tag, but I, I do think it is time to look elsewhere. Uh, I don't think Burns has done anything different to warrant a call-up. We we analysed his technique on TikTok months ago and there wasn't a great deal of change. Uh, whereas Dom Sibley, you could see a lot of change, but I think Dom Sibley's change needs more time of scoring runs and getting back to what he was in county cricket, which is a heavy, heavy run scorer. So he needs more time. Uh, yeah. Hamid... Maybe got dropped a little bit too early. Don't know if he fits the mould of what McCullum wants as an opener. Mm -hmm. I still think that they need someone that can bat time at the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get into your Ben Comptons of the world and people like that who's had genuine mm. good years in county championship cricket. Yeah. Um, do, do you give someone like that a run? I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't think we're going to solve no. it. Um, but I think I, the second yeah. test match, unless Crawley scores 100, he's gone. <laughs> We'll see. We'll in see. I opinion. think, yeah, yeah. In, in the opinions, you know, a lot of people will be that he's already on on borrowed time, but it's whether or not this this setup believes that. And we have to be very careful because if you start carrying players for too long, it will start having a negative impact. Yes, they all want their mates and their teammates to do really well, but at the same time, if people aren't pulling their weight, people are going to start getting frustrated, especially when you start losing games of cricket. Winning, don't worry about it, mate. Arm around the shoulder. Next time, yeah. you'll be fine. You start losing, people are like, mm, I don't like losing. Why yeah. we're losing? Well, top order, they're not doing it. Are yeah, they? exactly. Someone's got to be accountable along the line. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless you're doing everything poorly, 
um, mm. then someone's got to be accountable. Your top order, your openers, your middle order, the wicket keepers dropping the ball, or the opening bowlers don't take any wickets, whatever it might be. Somewhat the book stocks for someone, normally the coach at some point, if it's Chris Silverwood, yeah. but um, he probably hasn't got his best team on the field anyway because he's rotated them. Um, mm, yeah, question marks. You mentioned Harry Brook, yep. Um, exceptional year, mate. Mm-hmm. The problem is he can't get in this team. How mm. do you solve that problem of having a really good young player scoring look a bucket load of runs and he, you can't see him? Yeah, I mean, you know, Harry Brook has continued to score runs wherever he plays, no matter what outfit he puts on, no matter what ball yep. he's facing, he's continued to score runs this summer. They played a warm up game, didn't they, against South Africa? The Lions did, and England absolutely destroyed South Africa. So maybe we pick that team. <laughs> Who knows? Brook got 140 against South Africa against a decent bowling attack. Ben Duckett got 145 against South Africa. These are players on the outside looking in who are consistently playing well. Brook is in the yep. squad and has been in the squad most of the summer. I think it's an absolute travesty that one of the, the most informed players we've seen in years, yeah. years, is not able to break this England team. I just, I don't understand it. Um, I think it's worth a conversation of where we can fit him in. And it's not reacting to a defeat. This is, I think he should have been in at the start of the summer. When, when we saw the form he, he had at the start of the summer, he should have been in. Mm. He's not an opener. It'd be wrong to put him as an opener. There's no one else in this 11 that you would say is an opener. So there's no way we can rejig things. I don't want to see Pope at three, let alone as an opener. Um, I would rather have seen Pope at four. I, it's back to that, that conversation of Root yeah. at three, isn't it? Root, who scored, I think, 14 runs in this test. That's a big problem for England. When Root doesn't score runs, <laughs> this is the outcome. Uh, Johnny Bears, they've got 18 runs in the innings. Stokes, yeah. 40. That's the problem in a game like this. We rely so heavily on four, five, and six. So where do you fit him in? I've been a big proponent of, of giving Johnny Bears to a run in the team at number five or six. Um, I don't give him the gloves, blah, blah, blah. I love Ben Folks, But the, the question does start to be asked is, it becomes a question of Folks or Brook, perhaps? And if that is the conversation and you say, Bairstow, can you get, have the gloves again? I'm sure he's happy to take the gloves. Mm. And then for me, if I say Folks or Brook, I'm starting to look at, I want to see Harry Brook because I want to see what he can become. Because I think he will be a better player potentially than an Ollie Pope, than some of these other guys we've tried. It's tough on Folks, isn't it? But I don't it know is. if that's the way they're going to think soon. But you've got to find a way of getting Harry Brook an opportunity this summer. Yeah, you, you're trying to you're trying to solve the problem because if England are going to play this aggressive manner, you you almost want as much batting in there as possible because it's going to fail. Yeah. Like if yeah. you've got Ben Stokes, who is coming down the track every third ball, that's an exaggeration, but uh, you know a lot trying to hit mm. over the top. He's a better player than getting himself out doing that more often than not. Mm. Okay. He's a better player than that. He's a guy that can average and has averaged 40 over the last few years in test cricket by playing, being aggressive, but playing within a range that's kind of acceptable for test cricket and the dismissals that you, you that you incur playing that way. So I, I kind of want to see Stokes reigning in. Folks has been good mm. when he played. He was good against New Zealand. He finished yeah. off games a couple yeah. of times and, you know, he scored that 100 when he first played for England. We wanted mm. to see him in the team, but it does come back to balance. And, you know, if we didn't have all the injuries that we had and you had uh, an inform Chris Wokes, playing test matches at home, averaging 20 with the ball and averaging 25, 30 with the bat, playing mm. at number eight, then you've probably not got the same conversations. You're not trying True. to fix the same things. Whereas you are, and we're all going, we want to see Brooke. We want to see if he's got it. If I'm... Brendan McCullum, I probably want to see him before you go and tour uh, Pakistan, I think it is, this winter. You can't mm. really throw a young lad in 
first innings down in Pakistan. Mm. Like, mm. Um, and again, what does it say to what does it say to these young players if you're not giving them an opportunity when they are scoring a ridiculous mm. sum of runs in everything they do? You yeah. can't. He's not. He, he has not done anything wrong at any point. You, he's done everything you've asked of a player to do who's on the outside looking in, and he still can't get an opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's it's, got to be a way of getting him in. It's hard on him because he was it was him or Bairstow at the start of the yeah, year. And yeah. Bairstow's just been outstanding. Um, and ideally you don't want to touch Bairstow in that lineup. You don't want to no. move him or make him do anything else. So the gloves would have to go to a Pope or a Bairstow to accommodate Brook coming yeah. in. England are probably going to look at it and go, well, we've won four test matches and lost one. We're probably not going to do anything different for now. We'll yeah. keep going. Uh, we might change the bowling around a little bit, mm. which is more common than changing your top six, seven batsmen. And there is something yeah. nice about having a genuine wicketkeeper in your team yeah. who's clean, yeah. consistent, and and does things well. Um, and, mm. it, you know, his batting's been fine. He's averaging 30, yeah. maybe, as a wicketkeeper yeah. in test cricket. It's not bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Don't get us wrong. I mean, we're huge fans of Ben Folks, the cricketer, yeah. and it's it's just we're a bit jealous of Ben Folks, the person. He's a good-looking boy, isn't he? You know, he's very good-looking. It's it's pff, we don't we're not not a huge fan of that. No, we don't <laughs> need that. Not the ability and the good look. So look, we we want to see him given an opportunity, but you have to start. It, it, I'm only at this point because I'm thinking I can't see another way of getting Harry Brook into this team, and I think he deserves it more than anybody. Um, so that's where it's coming. I think it's very, very difficult on folks for, for what we're discussing. Nothing's going to change dramatically in this team. Nothing's going to change quickly. That's obviously the mentality that, that McCullum has brought in. Um, and I'm sure Stokes will share as well. So it's going to take something to dislodge somebody out of this lineup, isn't it? It could be an injury. Uh, and that's what we don't want. Um, you mentioned quickly about Wokes or somebody. Hey, that does obviously when you've got that player. I mean, I heard Andrew Strauss talking about it. In the, on commentary talking about, oh, you've usually got an O. Craig Overton or a, or a Chris Wokes, and that's always papered over the cracks of the batting lineup. woes for me. Yes. You pick your best four bowlers, and at the moment, Stuart, and, uh, Stuart Anderson? Oh, what a player he would be. <laughs> <laughs> he would be useful. <laughs> Stuart Broad, Jimmy Anderson, Matty Potts, who's had a great summer, and Jack Leach. It's weird, isn't it? Firstly, on Jack Leach, he, he didn't do a lot in this test. Obviously, um, one for 42 and his one bowl did okay. Yeah. Uh, Jack Leach doesn't seem to be any more conversations about spinners, <laughs> does there? It seems it's, Parkin, it's, it's Leach or Leach. Parkinson's gone by the wayside at the moment. Uh, maybe that's because he's not playing red ball cricket at the moment in the background. Who knows? Um, Potts, I think, has had a good summer, so he deserves his spot. Jimmy Anderson, 40-year-old Jimmy Anderson. Wow. Mm. Talk of Jimmy Anderson. When I was first wearing this cap in the 2003 World Cup, England-Australia, <laughs> a very young Jimmy Anderson was playing in that uh, quarterfinals or Super 6 sorry, against Australia. That's how long this cap has been, been on. Wow. Um, basically, my cap is the age of Jimmy Anderson's career. That's a good so, effort, Mike. That's uh, they're both in good nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I think he's in better nick than that cap, to be fair. Um, what do we do with this lineup? For me, on the outside looking in, you've got Robinson, you've got Craig Overton in the squad. Jamie Overton was not selected in this squad at the moment. There's still no Mark Wood. I think he's starting to come back. He played a bit of club yep. cricket, didn't he? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Don't fancy that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Joffrey Archer's not around. Um, Ollie Stone in between yeah. signing for knots. Weird. <laughs> Very confused with that signing on all sides of that. I'd love to talk about that another day. Um, where where would you go? Uh, there's nobody in this, this squad, the Overton or Robinson, who I think needs to come in. We've got three right arm overs in, Let's, or four even, if you talk about Stokes. Do we want to replace it with another right arm over? It, it doesn't give us anything. There's no extra pace there, is there, unless you're bringing Jamie Overton? Yeah. The, the only change I would make 
if it's any, and if if he's fit and got the right mentality, would be at some stage over the three match series, Ollie Robinson would come in for an Anderson or a Broad if they okay. need resting. Um, yeah. But it is the end of the summer. They, they might want to play it, or if Maddie Potts isn't quite working out, um, mm. that's the only only potential change I would make. And you make mm. a good point on the Jack Leak spin conversation because that dominated the early stages. But yeah. remember, he took that ten for against New Zealand, uh, uh, the third test maybe or second mm. test, and the test that Matt Parkinson had, although very rushed and thrown into the mix the last mm. minute on a pitch where no spin had uh, yeah, any joy. And Ajaz Patel, fresh off a tenfer in one oh. innings in India, bowled two overs in the whole game. Um, but I think that's kind of put it to bed for a while and everyone looks at it and yeah. goes, Jack Leach gives us better control uh, in a test match and can play, you know, his attacking game might not be the best in the world, mm. but the control that he gives is a lot better than what we saw from Parkinson. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth noting as well, there's no criticism of Anderson and Broad here whatsoever when we're talking about this bowling lineup. It, I mean, they've not bowled for quite some time yeah. because of the scheduling. It's ridiculous. They're yeah. rocking up to this with just a bit of net time behind them. It is absolutely ludicrous, the, the lack of preparation uh, You know, some of these test critics have had coming into this. So, so let's be aware of that as well. You know, Maybe next second test, third test, we really get going. Uh, hopefully it's not too late though. But uh, but yeah, overall, I don't see that there's going to be wholesale changes at all. I don't even think there'll be one change in this team. There no, might I don't be a think there will. Bowling, if somebody's not quite hundred um, percent, that's the only change I can I can envisage. But there are, there are big conversations coming down the road, and it's not. Let's just remember again, we're not saying this because England have lost one game of cricket and we're losing our minds. It's just because there are questions. Can, even when we're winning games of cricket, there have been the same questions. Opener, Pope at three, middle order. Is it the right organisation, folks? Is he the question? They've been there all along, haven't they? They've just been, uh, we've just not had to worry about it because yeah. Stokes and um, Root and uh, Bairstow have gone completely ballistic. Um, so, wonder- test matches Wednesday, and I think it's yeah, at Old Trafford. Manchester. Yep, that's nice. Old Trafford. South Africa is sitting, currently sitting on 72 mm. points, a 75% point percentage in the World Test Championship. Top of the table, Rich. Um, wow. One six, lost two, and that includes beating India at home after being 1-0 down when India went and conquered Centurion, I think it was. So yeah. South Africa, very good. They're a dominating team at home, except when England tore there, to be yeah. fair. England down in seventh, 17 games we've played. You know, South Africa's only played eight. It's a strange tournament and 31.37% yeah. uh, of the points. Yeah. So we're just above New Zealand and Bangladesh. The quiet I think about the this is a bigger series... Um, as we wrap up, it's a bigger series for South Africa than it is for England. For England, it's a feel process. We're trying to give people yeah. time. We're trying to see how well they do. South mm. Africa, firm eyes on the prize, have a real high chance of making the final two for the World Chess Championship. So they, yeah. I feel like they've got more to lose now, especially being 1-0 up. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they're looking at this in a completely different way, aren't they? I think we're obviously, we want to go and win games of cricket, but this, this is just a series. England yep. haven't really got the eye on the World Test Championship because of, I don't know, whatever. I don't really know. It's weird. I'll, I'll be honest, full disclosure, I haven't really got into World Test Championship yet. I don't really know why. I, it's just not something I'm following. Um, it's a strange it just, tournament. Yeah, it just hasn't caught my my imagination or, or caught my attention at all. So it is what it is. But yeah, South Africa, we're looking at it. And something, when, when you get near the top of something, you start going, hmm, interesting. 
Mm. I quite like I'm being top of that. Uh, but when you're down down amongst it, it, it's not really a focus, is it? So, but crickets the South Africa have really gone about their business well under Elgar under Boucher. Um, they're, they've quietly gone about the business. They've got a very very positive aggressive approach without, like I said at the top, being reckless. I think they're a really really solid cricketing uh, country and a really solid cricketing uh, test side at the moment. It's going to be a tough series for England to get back into. If, if, if I think if South Africa put England in again, first innings at Old Trafford, and England's top order doesn't doesn't fire, I think this could be a, a quick route to three nil yeah. South Africa. It, it could go on the toss. I think a little bit of this game went on the toss in the first test. It could go on the toss again. If England win the toss, England will put South Africa in, and England will be chasing in the fourth innings. And then there's a different mentality. But I'd like to see England show that they can do it from the off they can set the tempo for the game not just chase and uh, and match the tempo yeah so, um, big, almost, almost falls under the whole Josh Butler conversation with Mark Rampage yes, going not quite yes. sure how to pace it when we're not chasing yeah. where it becomes a T20 game so no, very very interesting great mm. to be back on the podcast great to it have a little Rob. bit of red ball to finish off the summer as well comment below and let us know the hat's on Richie's head he's loving life um, we're going to be back again after the second test match has been and done, which means we'll probably see you on Friday afternoon after the test match finishes in two and a half days. But we're going to be we're going to be optimistic. We're going to be optimistic. We're going to be aggressive in our podcasting, and we'll be there yes. at the end of play. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.